Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. One of the most iconic names in sports history, let alone football history, is the name of Jim Thorpe. Our friend Jeff Payne, who is a collector and historian, visits us today with some of his great Jim Thorpe items and the stories of how he obtained them. It's all coming up with Jeff in just a moment. This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis. Your host, Darren Hayes, is podcasting from America's North Shore to bring you the memories of the gridiron one day at a time. So as we come out of the tunnel of the Sports History Network, let's take the field and go no huddle through the portal of positive gridiron history with pigskindispatch.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of pigskindispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pig Pen, your portal to positive football history. And welcome to another edition where we get to go into the eyes and mind of a collector. And uh, part of some, his collection, you know him, Jeff Payne was on a couple weeks ago, or maybe a month ago now, talking about his Pottsville uh, Maroons collection. And tonight he's got a, an equally interesting topic that uh, we'll introduce in just a moment. But first, let's introduce him. Jeff, welcome back to the Pig Pen. Great to be here, Darren. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, Jeff, you're uh, amazing. You, you know, your collection was uh, quite the storm, you know, with the Pottsville Maroons and, uh, you know, a lot of the artifacts you had from them, including the football. We got a lot of reaction from that and people, Good. you know, you had a lot of interest in it. And uh, I think tonight is going to be pretty on par because this is, you know, actually an era before the Pottsville Maroons came out that we're going to be talking about a lot tonight. And I'll let you, I'll set you up and let you uh, tell us a little bit about what you can discuss tonight. Yeah, no, uh, Jim Thorpe, two words. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I fell in love with Jim Thorpe as a kid, you know, read, read a book about him and um, in elementary school, you know, obviously a very tragic story in life, everything from his twin brother dying very young to of course the Olympic um, him winning the Olympic, pen, you know, decathlon, pentathlon, getting the medal stripped, you know, all the all the other, you know, all the great athletic accolades he had, but a really tough life. And and um, I just fell in love with that story. And so when I got back into collecting and of course, there's a Pennsylvania angle there, too. You and I are from Pennsylvania. He went to Carlisle Indian School. So I, I, I gravitate toward Pennsylvania types of things. Having grown up there. I just got into Jim Thorpe and started looking for interesting things that um, were associated with him. Yeah, he is just has layer after layer of interesting, you know, periods of his life and different different you know, topics. But you know, generally his athleticism is right. At, I mean, even you know after he he died and uh, you know where they were going to bury him and you know the, yeah. the town, the town re, you know two towns combining and rechanging their name to be called Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, even though he really didn't have much to do with, with those towns at no. all, but uh, just, just fascinating. But uh, 
you're going to get into some of his playing days at a couple different levels of football and you know mm-hmm. a little bit into some other things too. So uh, I'll let you take it away and tell us about your collective pieces and some stories behind them. Yeah, I got three I thought you you all be interested in because they all have interesting stories as to kind of the saga of acquiring those items, right? That's always the, the fascinating part. It's boring oh, yeah. if you just like find something, you just buy it. And, oh, yeah. Part, you know, there's nothing about that's, it. Right? That's the thrill is the hunt, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, and ironically, all three of these are eBay um, stories, but that's not unusual because ebay is like the wild west as you know there's so much crazy stuff that goes on on ebay whereas if you buy stuff at a repu we'll call it a reputable auction house you know <laughs> you don't have the drama right you just bid on stuff and you win and if you win you they ship it to you and you pay and it's over there's no drama but on ebay yeah. there's drama yeah so it's um, like it's like going to your grocery store you go to buy a box of uh you know fruity pebbles and you yeah. walk out there's no story to it but when you have something yeah. that you're com- you're competing for that you know you're almost like jim thorpe on the football field mm-hmm. you're trying to get get that piece of memorabilia yeah. Well, and there's, you know, there's lots of frauds and shysters and there's all sorts of stuff you got to watch there. And then, you know, what I've learned, we're going to talk a little bit about it. Even if you win something, it doesn't actually mean that the seller's going to ship it to you. I've had things that I've won that I never received um, because clearly somebody else swooped in and made an offer and they canceled my sale. That happens all the time on eBay. It's, it's a wild, wild west. It really is. So the first one, and this was a fascinating one. I call this um, my hallowed ground um, collection of memorabilia. And it's basically a small bag of pebbles is all it is, right? Um, I don't have anything else like this in my collection. This was a, a real one-off. But I got on eBay one day, and there was a gentleman who had an eBay listing. And his claim was that this little bag, he had in a, a little baggie, some pebbles. He claimed that these rocks and this dirt came from League Field in Canton, Ohio, where Jim Thorpe played his pro days at, with the Canton Bulldogs and that this dirt, these pebbles had been collected in 1919 after a game, the Bulldogs and Jim Thorpe had played against the Columbus Panhandles. That's what the description said. All right. So I look at this and I'm like, all right, what, what proof do you have of this? Right. I mean, I'm not buying <laughs> something just because you made up this story. Of the guy could be out in his driveway, you know, throwing them in a know, right? bag, right? Just like <laughs> some rocks and whatever. But you know, I was like, you know what? I'm going to at least ping the guy and, you know, send him a message to see what he has to say. Well, he responded almost immediately, and he had a story, of course. He had a story. Still not believing it, but he had a story. He said that in uh, July of 1983, he and his dad went to the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame was closed. It was being remodeled. But he had two friends that were working there as part of the remodeling, and they got him in to check out the hall and gave him a personal tour you know, of what was going on in the hall. There was nobody else in it. And they thought that was cool. So they drove over to Canton and they went through the the Hall of Fame, even though it was closed. Well, they got to the new Jim Thorpe exhibit and his friends knew that he and his dad were big Jim Thorpe fans. All right. And this exhibit had just been done. It was a, and there's pictures of it out there. If you go on the internet of what it used to look like, it's not there anymore, but it was this display and the background you had this, you know, kind of like your, your background had an old picture of a Canton game. You saw the C on their uniform, you know, clearly mm-hmm. a Canton photo. They had a mannequin uh, facing the field, sitting on a bench with this big blanket that had a big Canton C on it, kind of wrapped around their shoulders, a helmet on. So you could only see him from the back. It's supposed to be Jim Thorpe sitting on the bench. 
And this guy said that the display said that the, the dirt, there was a little patch of dirt under the feet of this bench, that this dirt had come from League Field in Canton, that the Hall of Fame had acquired it from somebody who had gotten it in 1919 um, after a game that Jim Thorpe had played there, right? And one of his buddies, the guy who was visiting the Hall's buddies, went around to the side of the exhibit, reached down, scooped up some of the rocks, put it in a bag, and gave it to him and said, this is a souvenir for you guys for coming to the Hall, and we know you're big Jim Thorpe fans. And this guy had kept this bag for 40 years, almost 40 (laughs) years, and decided a few years ago, I'm going to sell it. You know, let somebody else enjoy it. So, you know, he he gives me this story, and I'm like, okay, still nothing there I'm believing, right? Like, there's no evidence of any of this, but okay, the guy's got a story. So I responded, and I said, okay, interesting. Do you have any evidence of this, any proof? I'm looking for provenance. Right. He says, well, the one thing I have is my dad had a codec camera and we took pictures while we were at the hall and i've got a picture of my dad in front of the new jim thorpe statue that's in the rotunda the big statue it's still there Mm -hmm. just saw it a couple years ago and i have a picture of my dad standing in front of the new jim thorpe display which states on the display that this ground came from league field i'm like okay all right, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to bite. Give, send me these pictures. So uh, <laughs> he asked for my email address. Give him the email address. He sends me the pictures. And my first impression, I grew up in the 70s, early 80s, right? Probably like you. Um, his dad looks exactly like you would expect somebody to look in the late <laughs> 70s. I have a zillion of these pictures. My parents have a zillion. The, the, the dress, the hair, the glasses, mm-hmm. everything about this dude just screamed late 70s early 80s i was like okay these (laughs) pictures are legit (laughs) this dude didn't stage anything right but the problem was of course you know back then the cameras the the quality of those cameras was really bad you can't see very much there's no resolution and even though i zoomed in you could not read what was on the display the thorpe display to see if it said anything about this you know this ground underneath the display right so I was like, well, these pictures are definitely from the, you know, the right era. All right, I'm more intrigued. So I did a Google search, went out there, like I mentioned, pretty quickly found an image of this display. They're they're out there, you know, in the Hall of Fame archive. And sure enough, you know, with a high-res photo, it says right on it, this dirt under these feet was taken from this field that Jim Thorpe played on. Now it did not say it was taken from that game, like this guy said. The background image was from a game that Jim Thorpe was in, but it didn't say it was from that game. But I was like, hey, I'm not going to you know, argue with with that point. Right. Right. So now I'm really getting intrigued. I'm like, OK, you know, so the guy was at the hall, you know, they went to the display. His dad's in front of the display. Now the question is, was the Hall of Fame closed when this guy said it was closed? So I get on newspapers.com. Sure enough, find an article says, you know, summer 83, Hall of Fame closed down a couple months. Mm. They redid all their displays. They redid everything, opened back up later in the summer. And I was like, all right, I'm getting, I'm buying this thing. You know, <laughs> it wasn't massively, hugely expensive. That was part of it too, was you know, it was probably dirt cheap. Well, yeah, <laughs> well, I wish it was dirt cheap, but I was like, you know what? I- I'm going to buy this. My last ask of this guy. Oh, well, the last piece I-, I left out was when he sent me his email, 
I looked at his email and it had his full name in it. And I was like, God, I know this guy's name. Why? How do I know this guy's name? And I Google it. Well, he wrote three books on football. All right. History huh. of football. And I'm like, I just read one of these books. I know this guy. He was just on Gridiron Greats podcast with um, friends of ours, Bob Swick and, and Joe Squire. I was like, right. I just heard this guy talk. I know who this guy is. Well, now I'm <laughs> like, why would some guy like that make up a story like this? Right. I mean, this is a legitimate author, you know, reputable football historian. He's not making up a story like this and putting dirt in a bag. Right. Right. So my last ask of him was, if I type up your story, I'll do all the work, and I send it to you in letter form, will you sign it and attest that this happened? Like, give me a letter from you that says this really happened, and if you do that, I'll buy this thing. And he was like, I have no problem doing that. I was like, well, if this guy's <laughs> going to put his name on something like that, I I'm all in on this, right? And, and, and hopefully so, he didn't have the, the Hall of Fame police come into him and say, hey. Well, he, he did say <laughs> That if it was okay, he didn't want to put the names of his friends in it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I don't blame you, man. You I, I think, well, if it's been 40 years, I think the statute of limitations is probably probably up it on is, that. It is, but you know, <laughs> he, he just didn't want to get anybody in trouble. But right. anyway, so, you know, I hit Ben and, and I bought it. So, so now wow. I have a little set of pile of dirt that supposedly Jim <laughs> Thorpe, uh, maybe ran through or kicked up or fell on or threw it in somebody's face or who knows what was going on in that game. You know, you spit a chaw in or something, you know, you know something, <laughs> there might be right? some DNA in there. You never know. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's my figure. So, <laughs> wow. That, that is a cool story. You know, that's, uh, that I took a little bit that. different turn. And I, I thought it was when you were going to be telling a story about oh. that. <laughs> so yeah, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So no. that's one. The other one of the other ones I thought you might enjoy, and this is a little bit more traditional, um, is and this just happened a couple of years ago. Um, again, got on eBay one morning, checking my searches, and there's a lot, and and all it says for the title is Carlisle versus Springfield football postcards. I'm like, hmm, okay, I wonder when these, you know, happen. So I get on, and there's seven real photo postcards, RPPCs, and a picture of an envelope that they came in. And the only way this um, this seller knew these were from this game is the outside of the envelope said Carlisle versus Springfield written on it. And these were inside. So I'm like, okay, well, again, don't know for sure this is Carlisle. Don't know for sure. You know, this is, I don't know anything, but, you know, let's let's take a run at this and see what I can you know, see what I can learn. So I flipped through the images and it's a good thing. Um, most of the images, because they were action shots, they were all action shots of the game. You couldn't make out any of the players. The images on eBay weren't, you know, high res enough. So you couldn't really tell, you know, who was in the photos, what didn't know what year yet. But the seventh one was a postcard that I actually knew because it was the only one of the seven that was a single shot of one player kicking the ball. And I knew it because I have that postcard. It's Jim Thorpe. It's a picture of Jim Thorpe kicking the ball during, I didn't know what game and I didn't know what year. I just knew it was Thorpe at Carlisle because I matched his uniform. And, you know, so I knew it was one of the years he was at Carlisle. So I was like, oh, that's Jim Thorpe. Now the seller had not mentioned Jim Thorpe in his listing at all. And and my guess was he didn't, he didn't know Jim Thorpe was in these probably or didn't research it to find out or whatever. I don't know. He did not mention Thorpe. 
I'm thinking, well, that's going to, you know, reduce the competition here because, you know, a lot of people are searching for Thorpe. And if it's not in Thorpe, whatever. Right. Right. So I'm like, OK, I'm like, well, if these all came from the same game, likely if they were all together, some of these other pictures have got to have images of Thorpe in it. But I couldn't tell. Right. I only knew this one was definitely a Thorpe. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go for these. So again, you know, called the called up the right sent a message to even, even even if not thorpe maybe like a joe guy on oh, or pop yeah, warner well, or, sure. or somebody you know, yeah somebody right, right? Yeah. so um you know i did a quick ebay search or um google search yep sure enough thorpe senior year yeah they had traveled to springfield played springfield college so i was like okay well that means you know this isn't completely fabricated right um couldn't find that they would played them any other time so I'm like, all right, that sounds like Thorpe senior year. Okay, that's a good sign, right? Um, ping the ping the seller. And um, I said, hey, look, I just want an opportunity. I, I, I do the same thing with the eBay people because I mentioned it's a wild west. I always, if it's something I'm interested in, I contact them and I say, are you going to let this auction run to completion or are you taking offers outside of eBay? Because, you know, as I mentioned earlier, sometimes you'll be bidding on something and it'll just disappear. You'll just get a notice mm -hmm. that your bid's been canceled and it's gone. And you contact the seller and he's like, yeah, you know, I, I sold to somebody offline, you know, and they just put mm -hmm. there's an error in the listing or whatever. And they get away with it. Right. You're not supposed to do that, but they do it. Right. So I always contact the seller and I just make sure I have a chance. I say, look, I don't care. We can do this at auction. We can do this offline. I don't care. It's your call. It's your thing. I just want a chance at it. I don't want you to sell it without me being able to make an offer. And sometimes they say they will take offers. Sometimes they say it's going to go, you know, the whole whatever. I don't care. I just want a chance. I don't right. want it to disappear. So I did that. And he said, well, you know, I've actually I've had quite a few people contact me about these these postcards already because I'm surprised how many people are interested in them. And I'm thinking, well, you shouldn't be. But, you know, it's Carlisle <laughs> and it's got Thorpe in it. <laughs> um, and he said, in fact, I, somebody offered me, he said, all the way up to six hundred dollars. For these and i'm thinking somebody is freaking lowballing you that one postcard of thorpe has has goes for much more than that just by itself right and he's like mm -hmm. so i don't know what i'm gonna do but i'm probably not gonna let it go to the end what i might do is just put a really high buy it now on it and a best offer and then just let you all who are interested just put your best offer in and i'll take the best one i was like that's cool yeah, um, at, least, at least you know you got a fair shake at it, you know? Yeah, I was like, hey, I'm totally fine with that. I, I'm not going to miss out. But knowing that he totally didn't probably know what these might be, he had definitely not done his homework. And by the way, I don't – if somebody asks me, I'll always tell them the truth. Somebody says, do you know what these are? I'll tell them what it is. If But I'm not going to – I'm not going to do the homework for the seller, right? If they don't ask – why am I going to tell them? And clearly right. nobody else was telling him, you know, right. because I'm sure some of these other people knew Thorpe was in these photos. So I didn't yeah, tell you them. Never, you never know like just I, by you telling them honestly, hey, that $600, he's, the guy's lowballing you. Maybe he says, you know, what's it worth and gives you the sale. You know, you never know. That could you never you. know. Yep, it could. But I was like, well, you know, if he didn't do his homework, it's simple. You could go out and find this, these images. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to spill the beans, but I'm going to bid. So I said, well, can you do me one favor? When you list this as a buy it now, best offer, let me know. 
because I'm thinking I want to get there first and see what he put on this thing. Right. Right. Because um, maybe he doesn't know what a good buy it, buy it now is. So, you know, I'm sitting watching TV a little later than the day. And sure enough, my phone dings. It's a message from this guy. And he says, hey, I just relisted it as a with a high buy it now best offer. Just want to let you know. I promised you I'd tell you. I was like, great. I jump on eBay and it's too low. The guy did not put it up high enough. So clearly nobody had given him additional information or given him higher bids. Um, he basically took the bid he got and he like doubled it and he stuck it on there as a bid with a buy it now. I got on there and I, I didn't even hesitate because I was like, if I wait two seconds, somebody else is going to buy these. Right. So I just went bin, hit it, paid immediately and sent him a note. Like I always do. said, hey, I just paid. When are you shipping these? Can you ship them tomorrow? Because still, like I mentioned, game isn't over. I've learned this the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> you can win and dance all around. Next thing you know, it disappears on you because things can get canceled on eBay. But I found that, you know, if you pay and you're kind and you're nice to people and whatever, you know, a lot of people will, you know, they'll carry through. Right. So he responds right away. He says, hey, I'm glad you got them. It was really nice talking to you. Um, I'll ship them tomorrow. I'm like, OK. But I know it's not over. So <laughs> through the rest of the evening, I'm getting notifications from him. Hey, just want to let you know somebody offered me double what you're paying. You know, hey, somebody offered two and a half times what you're paying. Hey, somebody offered three times what you're paying. It keeps going up. People mm -hmm. are making him offers, trying to get him to cancel the sale. So I'm responding and and I'm just kind of like, oh, you know, where were these people when you asked for offers? You know, it sounds to me like, you know, I bet these are the same people that were telling you, you know, that it was 600 bucks. And now they're offering you all this money in addition to that. And, you know, I, I personally find that's a little, little cheesy. Like if you ask me, I'd, I'd tell you what I would pay for it, right? Right. Um, but I know in my heart that we're getting in territory where, I mean, any sane person is going to be like, maybe I should cancel this sale. And, you know, I screwed this up and, you know, I, I should cancel the sale. So at the end of the night, I don't like to open the can of worms, but I was like, I got to tell this dude I give him more money. I cannot let these things disappear on me. Right. Right. So. So I sent him a message and I just said, hey, you know, I know you're in a tough spot. I really appreciate you being ethical and honest and, you know, carrying through with this. I'm kind of presuming he's going to do that. Um, but if it would help, I'd give you, I said, a little bit more money because I just didn't want to get into bidding war with myself because I still don't even know, you know, do these other people really, really exist? I think they probably do, but... I don't know them. This isn't like a regular auction where I'm bidding against them. Right. So I said, you know, I'd be willing to give you a little bit more if it would make you happy and feel better about the sale. Well, he never responds. So I'm like, this is not good. He always uh. responded right away. So I'm like, he's thinking it over. I'm like, oh, man, I think I blew this. <laughs> I'm like, this is not good. <laughs> Didn't respond for 12 hours. Didn't respond for 12 hours. And then I got a notification that he shipped it to me. Ooh, okay. And I was shocked, right? I was like, I did not expect it at all. So I pinged him right away and I said, hey, I said, I see you shipped it. I really appreciate you doing that, but you never responded to my offer to bump the price. You know, I really don't want you to feel like you got taken advantage of, right? Because I just responded to your bin 
but I don't want you to feel bad about this deal, but you never responded. Well, the irony is he never got that message because it got flagged by eBay. There's something I said in there was like broke the rules. You know, they, they've got something that watches email uh, oh, or okay. messages on eBay. And if you say something like, let's, you know, let's take this off eBay and do it through PayPal or let's, you know, whatever they, they look for those messages and they flag them and they stop them. Oh, the only okay. reason I found out was I got hate mail from eBay like a day later that said <laughs> this message was not delivered because of X, Y, Z. And, and he told me that he was like, I never got your message that said that. And I said, you didn't. He was like, no, he said, I never got a message from you that said that. So that's why he didn't respond. Oh, right. Okay. So I said, look, I'm, I'm going to give it to you again. Right. Even though you shipped it. Right. I'm, I'm willing to give you more. And he said, you know what? A deal's a deal. He goes, you know, you you won this fair and square. You were perfectly, you know, legit with me and you were good to deal with. I'm not reneging on this deal and I don't expect anything else from you. So I was like, okay. So I wait, I get the things, pull it open. I start going through them and Thorpe is all over these postcards. Like hmm. I, I picked him out. Well, two of them are him running the ball. You can't miss that. There's only one right. Thorpe, and right. he's headed right to the camera, right? So <laughs> I'm like, that's Thorpe. That's Thorpe. A couple of them are from the back. I kind of know what he looks like. He's got a pretty, you know, his his he was a big dude for his day. Right. And he looks, you know, a certain way. I'm like, nah, that's Thorpe in the back there, like playing linebacker or whatever they would have called it back then. Um, But I was like, you know what? I'm going to send the dude more money. And I ended up, I actually sent him almost double what I paid because that, I just that's, felt that's like good karma though, too, you know? Oh yeah. No, I was like, you know what? This guy went through with it. I got to reward that kind of integrity. Cause most people would, I'll tell you, they would not have done that on eBay. And I was like, all right, I'm going to give the guy a surprise and it's going to be more than a little bit because, you know, I want to thank him for being honest. We need more people like that. Absolutely. So I sent him a nice fat check and he didn't know it was coming either. I just, um, I had his address from his return on the package and I just wrote it out to him and sent it in the mail with a letter that said, Hey, I really appreciate you, you know, being so great to deal with. And I love to know if you ever see any other football stuff. And uh, he sent me a message back and he was like, I can't believe you did that. He said, I've been selling on eBay for 20 years and nobody's ever done that for me. That is so kind. He goes, I got to tell you, all my friends were telling me to cancel, you know, this sale. And I was crazy for not taking the money. And he goes, and you just proved that, you know, doing the right thing and having integrity is like always the best thing to do. And I was like, wow. cool yeah. story. That is so cool. that was, yeah, it was quite a saga though. Really cool. What do you have for your, uh, your third artifact? Third one's my biggie. I saved it for last. Looks like we got, we got enough time to cover it. Yeah. Um, this is, it's, I saw it's one of the, if not the number one, maybe the top five, you know, the Pottsville football obviously has got to be up there, but it's a imperial size. So large photo it's framed with a cabinet around it of Thorpe from his Carlisle days. And it's autographed on the front. Wow. It looks like it's a pretty calm. If you saw the image, it it's a picture you see a lot out there. It's out there. I date it to like 1909. It, he just looks too young for it to be, you know, when, you know, his junior, senior year, because, you know, he played early on um, late, late um, aughts. And then he left and went home, he had family issues. And you know, ultimately his mom and dad both passed and everything. But, you know, 
Warner pulled him back to get him back to Carlisle, and he played then in 11 and 12, but he didn't play in 10, um, and he left school after the football season in like 09. So it, I'm figuring it was 1909 this picture was taken. He looks too young for it to be 1911 or 1912, but the, the autograph on it says 1912 Captain James Thorpe. So it's personalized as well. Um, so maybe so he, he probably signed, he signed it, year, it years later. Yeah. He, he definitely signed it after the 1911 season. I did look up on newspapers.com and they had a banquet at the end of the year, of course. And at that banquet, it was announced he was the captain for the next year. So I'm like, well, can't have been any earlier than that date. Right. So <laughs> right. I know it's, you know, it's after that late 1911 date. Again, this thing popped up on, uh, popped up on eBay. Wow. Uh, the, the gentleman was, was, was doing it as an auction. But he started at the auction, like the opening bid was really high. I mean, I looked at it and I was like, I would love to have this thing, but I would never pay that much for this, particularly since he did not have the autograph authenticated. And so there was no proof that that was Thorpe's autograph either. And I was like, geez, now you're talking about a nice photo. And he just wanted way too much money. So I just watched it. Um, and 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 I, I did send him a message and just said I was interested, but that I thought it was too high. And he said, well, let's see what happens in the auction. If nobody bids, we can talk. I'm like, all right. So I watched it. Nobody bid as expected. It was too high. Um, and I pinged him right away. I said, hey, I'm really interested in this. And he said, well, what are you thinking? And we kind of went back and forth. This was all through messaging. And he was like, oh, that's, you know, that's, that's pretty decent price. Let me think about it. Get back to you in the morning. Next morning, he pops up and he says, hey, I've I've had over 20 people contact me since this auction ended last night. So I'm not thinking that your price is good enough now. I'm thinking there's a lot more interest in this and, and I'm going to put it up back where I had it before. I'm like, oh, geez, I feel <laughs> like I just went back to square one. Right. <laughs> he said he got interest from, you know, the Thorpe Museum in Oklahoma. They wanted him to donate it for a tax write off and. And, you know, he's like, but I, I really want the money, you know, and and, you know, my, my whole pitch to him was I can I can PayPal you the money right now. Like, I'm, I'm not because he was telling me stories about people like, yeah, they want to pay a half up front. Can I can I wait a month and give you the other half? And, you know, and I'm thinking this dude wants the cash. Right. He wants mm -hmm. the cash. And I was like, all right, I got to keep pushing the you say yes. Cash shows up in your account immediately. PayPal, it's there. No mess, no fuss, right? So I just mm -hmm. kept, you know, back to that message. Um, but I wasn't really getting anywhere with um, email and text messages, so I called him on the phone. And that was good and bad. Like, I, I like to mm -hmm. talk to people face-to-face. -face. You just build better relationships. It's just easier, right? You can go right. in real time. You get a but read on guy, what they're saying, maybe, you know, because sometimes in a text you could take something a couple different ways. and you, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah, so I called him up. Real nice guy, but a talker. Like every phone call I had with him, I probably had three or four of them. You better plan for an hour. And most of it was not about the, the item. It was about his ranch, his businesses he ran, where he went to school, his family, his dog, his friend. He covered, he just wanted to talk. And I would, I just let him talk because what are you going to do, right? You're not going right. to cut the guy off, just listening and talking. But I did get some interesting information. I did get some provenance around it. So he, um, the piece, this Thorpe piece, because I asked him where it came from, it was found in a suitcase 
um, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, the suitcase was filled with artifacts from the early 1900s. There were ribbons and buttons from Teddy Roosevelt's presidential campaign in there. There was other memorabilia. Someone had packed this suitcase full of stuff from the early 1900s. And apparently the whole house was filled with early 20th century furniture. The owner of this house, very old, had Alzheimer's, passed away, and his family sold everything at auction. They consigned it all, and they found this Thorpe piece, and it was one of the things that was consigned. And it was consigned to a local auction house, interestingly enough, called Mr. Ed's Auction Company. The, the talking – I call it the, <laughs> the talking, talking horse. horse Auction Company. I've never heard of it before, but I did find them. I looked them up. I found them. They have a Facebook page. They have a website. And and this is where this gentleman who I'm dealing with bought this item from. He he got it at auction, and they only advertised it through their Facebook page. They had no other marketing or advertising, and he said this thing got hardly any bids. And I actually did track down when he paid for it, hmm. and boy, he got it for a song. I mean, huh. they did not market this piece very well at all. Good for him, right? He got it for right. a great price. Um, and he bought it like in 2015, so he bought it a couple years before he was selling it. Um so we went on and off, and, and then one day I got on the phone with him, and he said, hey, I got contacted by Heritage Auctions, and they want to make this a feature in their upcoming auction. I'm thinking, I do not want this to happen. I do not want this going to Heritage because <laughs> that's going to be marketed at a whole new level, and who knows what this thing might go for. Who knows, right? You never know. Right. And I was like – he was like, well, you can just bid – on it on in heritage and you know then i'll get paid mine and you'll you'll get the thing i'm like no no, no i'm not he, i was like i'm not doing that i want to buy this now you you're gonna wait months for that money first you're gonna wait once for the auction then they gotta sell it then they gotta wait till they get paid then they're gonna pay you you're looking at three six nine months depending upon when they run this auction and they, they probably take a fee out of what he they do it. they got yeah. they take their 20 percent or whatever i was like do you really want to wait that long for this cash Running back to the cash thing, right? Because I'm like, play, you don't play your know trump you, card, <laughs> and you don't know what it's going to go for. Like, you might put it out there, and it might not go for what you expect. And there's not a thing you're going to be able to do about it. If you deal with me, at least we'll come to some agreement, and I can just send you the cash. So, you know, so he He said, "Well, let me think about it." Disappeared again. Came back a couple of days later. I thought it was gone. I'd given up. I was like, all right, just put it out of your mind. It's not happening. You know, maybe one will show up someday. Thinking <laughs> never. Um, he pops back up. Now, I don't know if something fell through with Heritage or whatever. He never mentioned Heritage. He just said that he was reconsidering my offer. And he said, would you be willing to bump your offer? And he gave me a price. And I said, the only way I'd be able to do that is I need evidence that this this autograph is authentic. If the autograph is authentic, what you're asking for this now, he came down, I could live with, but I need that thing authenticated. And he said, well, I got great news for you. That's why I called you back. Right after the auction ended, because of that feedback, I took it to a show this last weekend. JSA was there authenticating autographs and I got it authenticated. I have a letter authenticating his autograph. Oh, win, win. Like, okay. I'm like, okay, now we're talking. <laughs> so it, so we we agreed on a price. We came to agreement now, you know, conditioned on me getting the letter, obviously, as well. And I thought I thought it was all done. I thought we were good. Never good though, till it shows up. 
right? Um, I'm waiting for him to ship it. He says he's going to go ship it. He takes it to the FedEx store, and FedEx will not insure it for its full value. It's over their limit that they'll send FedEx. So he calls me up and he says, unfortunately, I'm going to have to cancel the sale. I'm like, what do you mean you're canceling the sale? He goes, well, I can't get FedEx to cover and I'm not going to ship this thing if it's not fully insured. And I said, well, I have insurance. I could cover it myself. Like I have collector's insurance. And he goes, no, there, there's too much risk in you covering it. Um, I need to cover it. And um, you know, if I can't cover it, then I think we should just cancel this deal. And I was like, wait a second. No, I've already <laughs> paid you. We're not canceling this deal. I don't care if I have to drive to Oklahoma. <laughs> getting this item I bought. <laughs> right. And so I said, give me like an hour. Let me figure this out. So I went, made some calls. A hobby friend said, you know, I think UPS has a higher limit. Um, and they're a little bit more aggressive on what you can get things insured for. Why don't you call UPS? So I, I took it upon myself find the local UPS store near where he lived. I called him up. I asked about insurance levels and they assured me if he came in with that item, what we agreed to, they would insure it for that price. Um, and now the last thing was, is he didn't want to pay for the insurance. <laughs> so I was like, you know, what? at this point, I'm not stopping. It's just a few hundred <laughs> extra bucks. So I called the guy back. I said, here's the address. It's UPS. I'm going to PayPal you the money for the insurance because I just want you to like ship this thing. And he was like, yep, I'll do that. And he went, <laughs> shipped it, and it showed up. Wow. And I, and I love it. And the irony was that somewhere during that process, it was either him, and I know later one of the hobby friends we have mentioned it to me. They said, you know, I think it was originally the seller. He said, you know, uh, 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 this exact item – uh, an example of this item was on Antiques Roadshow, and I tracked down the episode. I have the episode where, where this lady came came in. You know, she was the great niece of somebody who attended Carlisle and had gotten Thorpe to autograph this picture that had been taken of him. Now, her autograph was on the back, was on the front like mine, but here was another example of this item, you know, again, Providence – Signed by Thorpe, gotten by this lady's great aunt, or whatever she was, at Carlisle back then. And it was on Antiques Roadshow, which was wow. really cool. <laughs> it was really wow. cool. And it was like a decade ago that it was on Antiques Roadshow. So it was a long time ago. <laughs> well, that that's so. quite a story. That's That sounds like you uh, you really had to put the work in you know, to, to get that. And I, I bet you that makes you have that much more appreciation for the piece and I'm so it. prized in your collections. So that's, that's a really cool story. I love it. I did actually, um, one thing I do with pieces like that, cause you don't, I don't want to take them out of their original frame. It was framed, but I wonder about the quality of the glass. You know, you don't really want something to fade. You know, I, I'm not, it's not like it's laying around, but I, I also don't want it to be sensitive to sun if it's out, you know, if it's out at some point. And so I always shadow box them, which you probably know is just take the frame and put it in a bigger frame and have it mounted in the frame with UV glass on the front. So get hmm. newer modern glass, but maintain the original framing that was done way back. Oh, that's so a good I had idea. that done with it and it looks really sharp. That, that, that makes it a cooler piece too. You could, you could say, Hey, here's the original, you know, frame that was yeah. in. And you know, that's, yep. yeah, that's pretty cool. That, yeah. That's really neat. Now, do you ever, you know, looking at these Thorpe things, one thing that came to my mind, because you're talking about Thorpe, 
you know, at Carlisle, wearing a big C on a sweater. You're talking about Thorpe at Canton with a big C on a sweater. sweater. No, I, I know he he aged in between her. He had an Olympics and yeah. everything else in between. Baseball. And there's 10, 10 years probably almost between mm-hmm. some of those pictures. But, you know, is, is there any way to tell the difference between the two sweaters if you just took his, yeah. his face out of it? You, okay. Yeah, so the C's are different. They're not They're not the same. Okay. Yeah, they're shaped differently. Yeah, you can tell. You can tell. And the uniforms were different. I mean, if you know the kind of socks they wore and just whatever, you can, you can tell the difference. If, if you look at one, you can figure out if it's Carlisle or Canton. Yeah. Okay. I definitely. gotcha. Yep. gotcha. Now, I guess you brought up something else that it brought a thought to my head in case somebody's listening. Now, how you said in the beginning, you know, you always have that risk of something not being authentic. It could have been the, the in case of the Jim Thorpe thing. It could have been the guy could just signed it and put it on there. And you, and you don't yeah. know because you don't have any way of proving it. Is mm-hmm. there, I mean, besides what, what you did of getting the guy to go to you know JSA and authenticate it, is, is there anything that people can do to, especially on eBay, the wild West, like you described mm-hmm. it to try to protect yourself? It's tough. Yeah. I mean, he, he was trying to avoid, I think, paying to have it authenticated, or he maybe he was afraid he'd find out it wasn't legit, you know, cause he bought it without it being authenticated, he had a couple of examples. So he had done a little bit of homework and he had gone out to try to find examples that look similar. The thing that was odd was most of what you see Jim Thorpe signs, he signed as Jim Thorpe. This said James Thorpe. That was a little bit of a red flag, right? But this guy was able to produce three or four examples of other things that Jim Thorpe had signed as James Thorpe. And clearly JSA was able to match those and determine it. So that was the other thing when it wasn't authenticated was, you know, was he signing as James Thorpe? (laughs) Why did he do that? He always signs as Jim Thorpe. Is that a red flag? And like I said, this guy had some examples, but that wasn't enough that I was going to pay you know, I was right. going to pay for, for that autograph. That's the thing. And, and I, I just, you know, we, we all hope our stuff to be legit and valuable or whatever. I, I've just learned that you just, if you're not sure, and I have a good collecting hobby friends been in forever longer than me. And he always says, if you're not absolutely sure of something, it's just best to pass. Cause otherwise you're just always going to wonder and some of the time when you go to sell it, you're not going to be a, pr- that's the other thing that, that was some wise advice I got was it's going to be as hard to sell it as it was to buy it. If you don't have the proof. So don't buy something on a dream and then try to sell it on a dream. Cause you're probably not going to be able to sell it on a dream, right? You might've been the sucker. <laughs> you know, Nobody else is that dumb. So you better have as much evidence as you can gather and then convince yourself, you know what, this is enough that I, I think I think I could convince somebody else this is enough, right? <laughs> That's well, what you well, gotta well, look well, at. Well, you this, have you know? it, you can you can get some of the you know, you can do some of the JSA and yeah. some of the investigative. It's hard to do when you maybe just it see is. an image and you know, maybe a poor quality image at that. Yep. And you and it's not the closest things that probably uh, us out here in uh, that aren't in, in your shoes can see is maybe like a pawn stars where they can verify it and they have the object right. right in front of them and bring their experts in Look or at it. antiques yeah. road show with the experts sitting mm-hmm. there, you know, but you don't have that, but now really clever, you know, especially with the, uh, the, the Canton dirt uh, story you told mm-hmm. uh, some of the little clever little 
sleuthing items that you did uh you know hey i went back and checked the hall of fame was closed that summer you know just little things that gave you some reassurance i thought that was extremely clever and and well done but on your part i was trying to think of anything possible that could confirm pieces of his story because i figured the more i could confirm you know the more i was convincing myself it was true you know wow but well, Jeff, so. fa- fantastic uh, stories, fantastic pieces for your collection, you like even, even more so. I mean, you, you always amaze me with uh, when you come on and you tell about these pieces. And uh, there's some great gridiron history. And uh, you're, you're talking college level and a pro level. So that's even a, mm-hmm. a you know double bang for our buck here on this podcast. And we really appreciate you coming on and sharing these stories and uh, yeah, sharing, no you know, sharing the images too. We're going to have these images up on some of the items that uh, Jeff just talked about on Pigskin great. Dispatch uh, for this accompanying uh, web post. It's going to be, you can follow the links at the show notes of this podcast and uh, check it out. And uh, you want to give a, a plug for the VFC yeah, so anybody that's listening that's into football history, football collecting, just football, um, I run a, a football group. It's a private online group of guys, all guys right now. We love some gals <laughs> <laughs> called Vintage Football Community, and it's just people that love to share things they collect, stories like this, research they do, um, things like what Darren is doing, podcasting and sharing of history of the sport, anything around football, its history, um, the great game we love and looking for members. It's a private group. So what you talk about there is kept confidential. It's not out on the internet. Nobody can get to it. Um, only members can get there and it's just a lot of fun and we do lots of fun things too. Like we got fantasy football season coming up, looking forward to that. We got our <laughs> league. We always do a secret Santa gift exchange. We always do a pizza dinner at the national card convention, meet up at card shows, just, you know, just enjoy the hobby, enjoy talking and, you know, meeting with people and just enjoying football. Really. It's what it's all about. So it's about oh. five years old now and, it's really, it's a lot of fun. Well, I, I love, I've been in there since the beginning of the year and boy, I've had, I've had a blast there, met a lot of great people and uh, heard some great stories, uh, including ones from yourself and you know, some of the, these other collectors and not just collection stories, just some great football stories and exactly. things that I didn't know. You Every time you think, you know, a lot, you talk to somebody and they, they teach you a whole lot more. And that's a, the beauty of the game of football. It's exactly. just like life. So but Jeff, really appreciate you coming on tonight and uh, hope to talk again real soon about maybe some more pieces of your collection. Always welcome, Darren. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Peeking up at the clock, the time's running down. We're going to go into victory formation, take a knee, and let this baby run out. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you back tomorrow for the next podcast. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, football fans. This is Ross. 
the host of the Pigskin Tales podcast. I just need a few moments of your time to talk about the host of the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, Darren Hayes. He's expanded the pig pen to search out information on the history of all team sports. It's a quest to find out about the competitors, teams, and places chronicled throughout athletic history through the uniforms and gear the participants used and wore. And he is taking you, the listener, with him on this educational journey to preserve sports history on the Sports Jersey Dispatch, found here on the Sports History Network. His newest podcast, called Jersey Dispatch, is all based on the jerseys that all the greats used to wear. You can find Darren Hayes and the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, as well as Jersey Dispatch, on your favorite podcast provider multiple times each week. So remember that, Darren Hayes, the host of the Pigskin Dispatch and Jersey Dispatch podcasts. It's found right here on the Sports History Network. 